Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, March 10th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bred Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ki Tisa, and it means, When You Elevate. Exodus 34, 10-26 The Lord replied, Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation, and all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go with them. Then 
you will accept their daughters who sacrifice to other gods as wives for your sons, and they will seduce your sons to commit adultery against me by worshiping other gods. You must not make any gods of molten metal for yourselves. You must celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days the bread you eat must be made without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring, in the month of Aviv, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from your herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep and goats. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. No one may appear before me without an offering. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, you must stop working, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. You must celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest and celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. Three times each year every man in Israel must appear before the Sovereign, the Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory, so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before Yahweh your Elohim three times each year. You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast. And none of the meat of the Passover sacrifice may be kept over until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a goat in its mother's milk. Mark fourteen fifty three to seventy two. They took Yeshua to the high priest's home, where the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of religious law had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard. There he sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire. Inside. The leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find evidence against Yeshua, so they could put him to death. But they couldn't find any. Many false witnesses spoke against him, but they contradicted each other. Finally, some men stood up and gave this false testimony. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another made without human hands. But even then, they didn't get their stories straight. Then the high priest stood up before the others and asked Yeshua, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Yeshua was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Yeshua said, I am and you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, 
Why do we need other witnesses? You have heard all his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they all cried. He deserves to die. Then some of them began to spit at him, and they blindfolded him and beat him with their fists. Prophesy to us, they jeered, and the guards slapped him as they took him away. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You were one of those with Yeshua of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, This man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, You must be one of them because you are a Galilean. Peter swore, A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly Yeshua's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even knew me. And he broke down and wept. Psalm 53, 1-6 Only fools say in their hearts, There is no God. They are corrupt, and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to God. Terror will grip them, terror like they have never known before. God will scatter the bones of your enemies. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When God restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Proverbs 11.4 Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion reading from Exodus chapter 34, and I want to zoom in on a couple of verses and unpack them for you. I want to zoom in on Exodus chapter 34, verse 12, where it says, Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. And in verse 15, this is emphasized again. Verse 15, you must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go to them. So as I record this, I'm actually in Jerusalem, and I'm here for several weeks on assignments from the Lord. And since I've been here, there's been a huge uptick in the number of terrorist attacks against Israel. But let's 
look into history and see why God has told the Israelites not to make a treaty with the people here in Canaan in the land. So let's take a look at the Gaza Strip Treaty that happened back in the early 2000s. And so the Israelite government was looking at the formula, let's trade off land in exchange for peace. We just want peace with our Arab neighbors. And so they assumed, the assumption was, well, if we give away some land, that'll make them happy and we can have peace. So the Gaza Strip was given over to the Palestinians. And the Israelis that were living there were evicted, some of them very forcefully. That was back in, I believe, 2001. And ever since then, the Gaza Strip has become a beachhead for terrorism. And from the Gaza Strip, missiles and balloons carrying explosives, all kinds of terrorism has happened from the Gaza Strip. They've actually built tunnels to go down underneath the border and come up into an empty field and then from there sneak into a school and set off explosives to harm the children at the school. And so, again, making a treaty with the people here in the land who are not God's people has brought them nothing but grief and sorrow and sadness. This is why God is telling them, don't make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. Now, more recently, just in in the last part of February and the early part of March, we've seen some really bad things happen. I'm just looking at a news headline. In 2022, Israel was targeted by 5,000 terror attacks 31 innocents were murdered and 415 people were injured. And this was perpetrated by Palestinian terrorists. 11 people were assassinated in the month of March, making it one of the bloodiest months in recent history. Another 27 were wounded. In addition, October was the month with the highest number of attacks, 401, not including rock throwing. They included two assaults, two vehicular attacks, 32 arson attacks, 46 small arms attacks, 60 pipe bomb, and 258 firebomb attacks. They resulted in numerous people being killed and wounded. So there's a great wave of terrorism that has been happening very recently. I'm looking at another news headline from Israel 365 News. Jews from Judea and Samaria, that is the biblical heartland, explain what it is like to live under the shadow of terrorism. Rabbi Yaakov Idols, the spokesman for the community of Har Braha in the Shomron, or Samaria, had watched Hillel Menachem Yaniv, age 21, and Yagel Yaakov Yaniv grow up. On Sunday... The brothers, aged 21 and 19, were murdered in a Palestinian terrorist attack while riding on Route 60 through the Arab village of Huwara on their way to a Torah lesson. Established in 1983, Har Braha is a small and close-knit community with about 3,000 residents. Deeply religious, Har Braha 
is named after one of the mountains that are mentioned in the Torah on which half of Israel ascended in order to pronounce blessings. So the mount is Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing, and then the other mount is Mount Ebal, the Mount of Cursing. So from those two mountaintops, the Mount of Blessing, they, from Deuteronomy, spoke out what are the blessings for being obedient to the Torah. And then from Mount Ebal, uh, they spoke out what are the curses for disobeying the Torah. So these two young men uh, were murdered, and it has rocked the community and the whole community is just in great, great grief. There was yet another terrorist attack. Um, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old boy were murdered not too long ago, and it was at a bus stop in Jerusalem from a Palestinian terrorist. And so there's recently a, an opinion piece that I hardly agree with, and it was published recently, and basically this opinion analysis piece states this. To combat terrorism, Israel needs to apply sovereignty in Judea and Samaria. This came out of Israel 365 News. And I'm just going to read a little bit of, of this article to you. Um, the relentless onslaught of de deadly attacks plaguing Israel means that the government of Israel must rethink its strategy for combating terror and its offshoots. The soldiers of the IDF, the Israel Security Agency, the police and other security agencies risk their lives day and night to protect us, and for that we are eternally grateful. The operation in Hawara and the other marauders' towns must be carried out by the government and its various branches, rather than leaving the task to the Jewish residents who are subjected daily to the terror of stones, gunfire, and firebombs. The government must also lead settlement activity with strength, resolve, and steadfast national pride. At the same time, Avyartar must be built and populated so that the world, and especially we, will see the depth of the living, flourishing bond between the people of Israel and its land. Firm and forceful security is essential, and no less so thriving Jewish communities, but they are not enough to effectively eradicate the roots of terrorism. The people of Israel envisage another milestone in the struggle, one that embodies the core message of this fully right-wing government. Until this occurs, the government will forfeit the confidence and faith placed in it on Election Day. So far, the responses of this government have been more or less similar to those of preceding ones, which likewise failed to prevent the murder of Jews in their own land. For recent weeks, many people argued that the new government should be afforded a grace period to organize and implement a gradual, measured, and balanced approach to steer the ship rightward without any drastic shocks. However, our enemies interpret this as giving them a green light to continue on their terrorist path without facing any real consequences. So here is the clincher in this next sentence. In response to the deadly attack in Hawara, the Israeli government should take an additional immediate step beyond the necessary security and settlement measures. The declaration of the application of Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria. So I'm going to stop there and comment. 
basically biblical Judea and Samaria in the world circles is known as the West Bank. It is the biblical heartland of Israel. And it is where the patriarchs lived and walked and lived out their lives. Abraham was up in the biblical heartland of Shomron or Samaria. Yeshua, his ministry headquarters, was in Capernaum in the Shomron in biblical Samaria. David's capital from where he ruled and reigned before he ended up in Jerusalem was in Hebron in biblical Judea to the south. And that is where the tomb of the patriarchs is, is in Hebron. That is where Abraham and his wife Sarah, where Isaac and Rebekah, where many of the patriarchs are buried in the tomb of the patriarchs in Hebron. So um, to get to the roots of terrorism, this suggestion by this uh, person who wrote this article, I think is a good one that the Israeli government needs to consider and actually um, apply sovereignty over Judea and Samaria and then um, apply military law, martial law, over the Arab communities that are within Judea and Samaria, that if they want to exist there and live there, it's under Israeli sovereignty. Um, Another root of the terrorism problem actually finds its way right back to the USA. Sadly, I saw a news piece about a week ago, and it basically said, uh, okay, during the Trump administration, funding to the PLL was completely cut off. But under the Biden administration, a billion dollars has been funneled to the PLO. And since that billion dollars has been funneled to the PLO, we have now seen a 900% increase in Jewish deaths due to terrorism. So what's the connection? Well, when there are terror attacks, if the terrorist is himself killed, then the PLO steps in and funds the family and gives them monthly payments. So um, if, if it's a suicide bombing attack and the terrorist does the suicide bombing, then the PLO will pay off the family and take care of them, any wives or children left behind. And so the money that's being funneled from the Biden administration to the PLO is being used to sponsor and to finance terrorism. So we literally have blood on our hands. So Heavenly Father, we take time right now to repent for the nation of the USA Um, financing terrorism through the PLO. And Father, we just repent of the liberalism and the wokeism of the government that is thinking, well, we need to fund the PLO and we need to help out these Palestinians when in fact the money is being used to murder innocent Jewish people. Father, for this we are deeply grieved and we repent of this and we ask, Father, that you will cut off this one. This is one of the roots of terrorism and we ask that this root would be cut off. We ask that this funding source would dry up and that this money would no longer make it to the PLO, that the money supply would stop. Father, we ask for comfort, comfort, comfort 
for the Jewish people here in the land, in Harbraha, in biblical Judea and Samaria, and throughout the nation. Please comfort, comfort, comfort your people. They have suffered much, and a lot of blood has been spilled. We just pray for your protection for the Jewish people. And we pray that you will pour out your loving kindness, your mercy, and your grace to them. May we continue to remember them in our prayers. And may we come. We, we thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. And so, coming right back to Exodus chapter 34, verse 12. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Father, I also pray that this principle would would come to the mind and the heart of the Israeli government, to the members of the Knesset, to the members of the cabinet, to the prime minister, and that as they move forward in response to this uptick in terrorism, that they would realize that trying to compromise and make treaties with enemies who want to see all Jews pushed out of the land and into the sea, who want to annihilate Israel and replace Israel with Palestine, who don't want to coexist peacefully, but who want to eradicate the nation of Israel and the people, that they cannot make a treaty. Those are not honest peace brokers at a peace table. Then I pray that you'll give the Israeli government wisdom in how to move forward with a strong response to protect the residents of Israel, the, the, the Jewish people, to protect them so they can live here in the land safely. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 